It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery, or as Michael so astutely pointed out yesterday, they can also deliver to your work or wherever you are, not just your specific home. Use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free, and of course you can use their free app or go to FetchMeDelivery.com. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by Michael Pappas. Hello, Michael. Hey. And Painter Sharpless, who is uh, who is manning the controls today. So if it sounds terrible, it is his fault. Blame Daddy. What's going on, man? Not too much. Excited to be back here with you. I wanted to talk about running backs today. And yes, there is an Auburn basketball game tonight. We'll touch on that at the end of the show. I know some folks will listen to this driving into work on Wednesday morning. And so I, I, don't, I don't want to lead with that today. But I want to talk about running backs. There's been a lot of talk about Bo Nix around the SEC, even some nationwide chatter. And, uh, I mean, you saw Taj Boyd tweet about Bo Nix and the Auburn offense and how uh, impressive he thinks that Bo Nix is going to be with Chad Morris. He benefited from Chad Morris coming and, and taking the reins over at Clemson. And, you know, I, I get all the hype about Bo Nix. I think you got a lot of receivers coming back. I think that's impressive. I think you got a new offensive mind coming in. And so it's going to cater to to Bo Nix's strengths and weaknesses. There's chatter, as there should be with any SEC Freshman of the Week winner, or Freshman of the Year winner, excuse me. And so I get all the hype around Bo Nix, but he's going to need help from the running game in 2020 for him to take that next step. I think he's going to become a better passer. I think he's going to be more confident in the pocket. I think the offensive line will get better. But any good quarterback in college, and especially under Gus Malzahn in the past, I mean, Cam Newton had Michael Dyer. I think Nick Marshall had Heisman Trophy uh, winning finalists. With uh, Then even the following year, he had Cameron Artis Payne when his passing numbers got better. So Bo Nix is going to need help from the running game. And so I kind of wanted to go through all of the running backs, guys, that I think are relevant on Auburn's team going into next year. Um, let's start with Booby Whitlow. He's going to be a junior in 2020. Definitely the most proven guy, the guy we know most about. I think he's kind of your floor when you look at Auburn's running back situation going into next year. There's a lot of question marks, which is weird because a starter is coming back. But to me, he's just kind of the safe option, which is weird because this time a year ago, there was so much hype swirling around Booby Whitlow. And then, you know, I was kind of all offseason saying like, guys, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And then over the course of the season, he just had a hard time being uh, productive in conference play. All right. So despite um, despite what I said about him possibly going pro, I think he um, it's clear that he's staying at this point. But I think he's the guy that has the most to lose going into 2020. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And like you said, he's definitely the safe pick. Um, he's a guy that Gus knows he can count on, and he's a guy who you know has shown that he's capable of he's capable of at least looking like he's going to trend over a thousand yards before getting injured. Yeah. Um, I hope that he doesn't get injured just because he seems like a nice guy, but that that's definitely something to look out for. How much workload, I guess Gus feels comfortable putting on him after last season. I mean, if you are continuously injured as a running back, you've got to 
I mean, it stinks. You know, some of that's out of your control. I don't think it's a toughness issue. It just it's something you have to prepare for. And it opened the way, opened the door to other guys that we'll talk about later in this podcast. But Painter, I think if I remember correctly, I mean, you were pretty high on Booby going into last year. I mean, has that has that mindset changed for you? I think he's still one of the best backs on the team. Now, I think when you look at it from an overall where they'll be in two or three years, there seems to be a lot of optimism about DJ Williams, Mark Antony, and of course, the highest rated running back recruit you've had since Rock Thomas, Mm -hmm. Tank Bigsby. So um, I get where you're coming from with the safe option because he's the most experienced. You know what he is. Yeah, and when you say it like, oh, he's the safest option, it sort of makes you think, well, maybe, you know, not the best or the most exciting. It's like, I think he can do some things that Auburn wants to do best. Like what? I think he'll be one of their better, uh, I guess the way I look at it would be a nice change of pace. I think that DJ is going to run very hard, very aggressively directly at the line. I think you're going to see Booby. We've seen him a bit more of a patient runner. With a different offensive line, does that benefit him? I get the idea of him being the safest, but I also feel like saying it that way doesn't give him some of the credit for the back he's been over the last two years. And the injuries are an important thing to bring up because Mm -hmm. it's a cruel sport. But it's also an important factor at that position, staying healthy. Well, and, and safe has a negative connotation. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I mean, he, he, there's a lot of question marks around a lot of these running backs, but there's not any question marks around Booby Whitlow. I think just kind of by default, he is the safest back in this stable of running backs going into 2020. I don't know about no question marks, but the least number of question There's the least amount of unknown but like you, I mean, I guess the question marks about his running would be the injuries that we've talked about. Yeah, he fumbles a little bit. That's a good point. That's but, a good point. I mean, he—I don't think he's a natural running back. Like I—I I don't think that's entirely his fault. I think that is the position that he was kind of thrusted into, and that's where he is now. So uh, it's just so interesting. The guy that. Most people are just kind of like, eh, about as the returning starter in the Gus Malz on offense. It's crazy. Well, yeah, and it's an interesting to to have brought back a running back in the past has always been a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think with Booby, it's still a big deal. I think the difference is in 2013, you know, you didn't get Trey Mason back, who was a Heisman finalist. In 2017, yeah. going into 2018, you didn't get the SEC Offensive Player of the Year back. You got those guys back. But they had that fantastic year, and then they went on. Mm-hmm. And with Booby, it sort of feels like you're you're waiting. Is he going to have that fantastic year? Now, he's rushed for 4.9 yards a touch one season and 5.2 yards a touch in a different season. So that average is, a, is an average you can live with, right? Sure. I think the point about being healthy is one that will always come up until he plays a full season without really having to miss any substantial time. And I'm not saying you can't miss some games against lower-tiered opponents, but he did miss a a stretch run of SEC play again this year, which is tough for a team that needed him. But I also want to highlight the good news about Booby, which is at 4.9 and 5.2 yards a touch, behind those offensive lines, it's pretty good. That's true, and so, I mean, if I'm going with my own argument of, hey, I think the offensive line is going to get better, 
Booby Whitlow should become more productive. And I think Bo Nix is going to be a bigger threat passing, which, of course, is going to help the running back. So that's a good point, Banner. You know, can he, can he get much higher than five and a half? I don't know. Can he get higher than that in SEC play? Personally, I don't think so. I think you have to be a very special player with that type of running style, that patient running style. He learned behind on Johnson, so I'm not blaming him. But I just don't think that type of running style is is successful unless you are a really special running back. I and think his volume will go down this year. I think he's going to get overall less yeah. touches. He had 787 yards last year on 150 attempts. Uh, excuse me, that was 2018. 2019 last year he had a similar number, 156 attempts for 763. So pretty similar numbers there, both in attempts and what production you got. I think, though, that you will see him being shared, like the ball is going to be shared so much more uh, with three, four, maybe even five running backs like this. It's not likely he's going to get back to 750 yards. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, let's move on and look at DJ Williams. He's going to be a sophomore next year. I think he's the biggest question on this roster outside of Mark Antony. Um, I love his running style. It's, it's to me, it's just different than Booby Whitlow's. I think he attacks the hole. To me, he looks like a violent runner. He, he seems to crave the contact. Um, I think he right now he is currently my pick for the most touches among running backs in 2020 for Auburn. I think he's going to have to get a little bit better at pass protection. We just haven't really seen him in real reps. That's kind of what set Booby Whitlow apart last year. Then you saw Malik Miller get some reps on third down as well just because, okay, he's got he's to protect the quarterback. Are you yawning into the microphone? Your mic seems really sensitive. Wait, could you just hear me yawn? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you, you asleep, man? No. Right. No, I'm not. I think right now DJ Williams is the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think he's last year's booby as far as the <laughs> fan base was really high on Whitlow last year. And now I think the fan base is all in on seeing what DJ Williams can do. I love when you... <laughs> I'm a child. I love. Uh, Are you 12? I, I, yeah, sweet. I just love when you uh, you just you slip booby in mid mid sentence. That's his name. I know. It just cracks me up. <laughs> I told you I'm a child. You're like, oh, I think he's just last year's booby. I think you're using Coach Dye's headset. Is he is he turned way up? Or did you turn it down? Well, you and I sound good, and then but because <laughs> the levels look pretty good over. I here. trust you. I trust that more than the, the headset. I so that is fine. I so the thing about DJ that's fascinating is that he looks to me more poised to be a guy that gets carries on first and second down, and then you get Booby as your change of pace back, who's a little bit better at pass blocking, more experience yeah. there. Um, you know, and it'll also partially we just we're projecting so much based on an offensive line we we don't know a lot about yet. Mm-hmm. And it matters, I think, in part because I think all of these running backs are gonna have a significant role. What I'm most excited about 
is that this could look in some way like 2013. Now when I say that, I don't mean the results will be quite the same because of how good Auburn's offensive line, particularly in run blocking, was that year. But to have that many backs with a bunch of different skills is a very exciting proposition. Mm -hmm. I I agree with you, though, Zach. I think we're going to see a lot of DJ Williams, a lot of Mark Anthony Richards, and a little bit of Tank Bigsby. I think we're going to see more from Tank as the year goes on. Um, so long as like he stays healthy and does what is asked of him because like really talented running backs have found a way onto the field as freshmen under Gus Malzahn. There may not be much of a role there just because there may be other productive guys. Now, there's a big chunk of the Auburn fan base that's really frustrated with Malzahn, frustrated with the football program, seeing success with basketball and baseball and all of that. Do you think there's any chance that when you look at a guy like DJ Williams that those guys may be thinking... um that the DJ's got us falling in love again. That's an Usher song, Michael. <laughs> oh, I got it. That's the worst one I've ever done. I, cr- I started cringing halfway through that. The Spencer Nye one would be great. <laughs> That's true. But we like it. That's true, the Swiss Army Nye. Um, but, and, and like oh, Mark man. Anthony, the, the last thing I'll say about that, at least for now, is like Gus seems to gush about Mark Anthony every time he talks about him. Um, and he was a guy that people were one of the most excited about in the recruiting class, not from this most that we're on, but the one before. And people have sort of forgotten about that because you just haven't heard much of his name over the last year. So uh, it's hard to know, but watch out for him because Gus seems to bring him up. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, let's talk about the GOAT. Sean Shivers entering his junior year. Really came into his role last year, that three or four touch a game type role, but he made the most of it. Obviously, the Iron Bowl go-ahead score is a, is a big deal. That's going to be an iconic play that's going to live on for a long time. Um, I, I kind of expect more of that. I don't expect more of Sean Shivers. I just expect better efficiency when his number is called. I don't think you're going to see him touch the ball more than five or six times in a game, right? Yeah, I agree. Corey Grant's role for him in 2013 would have been per- – I think Corey averaged like about nine yards a carry or something insane, basically being a guy that took speed sweeps. And like you've got Schwartz. You can you can use little Shivers as sort of your <laughs> – Little Shivers. As your sweep power if you want to go that route. And then with, with Schwartz, if he – you know, you've got just as, a little bit faster of a player who, who's got just absolute straight line speed. But we know – Shiver's absolutely not afraid to lower his shoulder. He he desires the contact. Little Shawnee. I almost want to see less of him desiring the contact and more of using that elite speed. Yeah, I think that's one of his uh, his main issues. So is it's that endearing. He's five foot six it, and to run over is it a little people? man syndrome thing? I don't know. It's endearing that he does that, right? It's but great. I get the idea of like, what if you avoided them and just outran everybody? Right. <laughs> but like then. He, he, you know, he hits an Alabama linebacker so hard where his helmet falls off, and it's like, well, oh, maybe you know what you're doing. You keep, you keep. It's like I'm not going to tell him to not do that. <laughs> that was that pretty cool. That was one of the, and it worked. 
Yeah. <laughs> like he could have kept like the end zone was right there. So so the play was over, but, but like he's still going. Yeah. I just want it worked out for a number of reasons. Right. Uh, I think that role in some capacity like Corey Grant in 2013 uh, would would be a great one for him. I mean, he re- he's returned kicks like Corey Grant did. In 2013, Grant had 66 attempts, 647 yards, 9.8 a touch. In 2014, he had a similar amount of carries, 60, this time for only 364, but that's still a 6.1 average. Kind of what you're talking about, Zach. Like, if you break that down, if he has similar numbers, what is that, about five a game for Grant, more yeah. or less? That role makes sense. Right. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next guy. And I want to do a, a PSA for all Auburn fans. All right. Y'all cool with that? I'm in. Uh, that's a public service announcement. Good thank, enough. Thank you. It's Mark Anthony Richards. Mm-hmm. It is not Anthony. Mm-hmm. People on Twitter are saying Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. I hear people on call-ins on our local shows here on ESPN 1067 say Anthony. There's no it H. Is, it is Anthony. Like the movie Ants. Or Mark like, Anthony Richards. Or like the Roman, Mark Anthony. M-A-R-K hyphen A-N-T-O-N-Y space Richards. Mark Anthony Richards. Going to be a redshirt freshman next year. So, like, what do we know about this guy? Obviously very talented. Uh, he battled injuries last year. All kinds of hype with this guy as well. Somebody's got to get left out with all these guys. And my prediction is it is Mark Anthony Richards. I'm not there, man. I'm not. I think the way Gus talks about You're drinking it makes, the Kool-Aid. Me, makes me think that there's a role here for him. Now, because we don't know much about him, it is easy to assume with perhaps a defined role for Shivers, Williams, and Boomy that it's like, all right, who's of the young backs who are unproven – or you go in tank or you go in mark. And I think there's a way you can get them both. You don't laugh when he says booby. You guys are dead wrong. Okay. Mark oh. Anthony Richards. We, we're disagreeing, so are you coming in the middle here? Mark. <laughs> yes, yeah, so how are we both wrong? <laughs> mark Anthony Richards is the future. Okay. That's wow. a stronger take, I think, than what I said, which I'm here for. Is he the future as in 2020? Yeah. Do you think he gets the most touches next year? Yes, I do. Really? I think there's What a, are you basing that on? I think there's a reason that he like in fall camp and even just before he got injured, everyone all the reports were that everyone was so excited about him. Everyone was so excited about him coming out of college. Everyone was so excited about him or coming out of high school. And then when he got here, everyone was so excited about him. Then he got hurt and then Booby got hurt. And then we had to bring in DJ. And to me, there's no there's not enough room for Richards and DJ. I don't think they can both exist in the backfield. I think they can. I, I don't think the amount of touches that they probably would desire. Because would be Malzahn has never been able to pull that off. Especially with, with having Tank there. It does seem like in this scenario, one or both of them is getting a significant amount less touches than they want. Mm-hmm. If you're Mark Anthony Richards and you've already waited a year because of the medical stuff... Are you really desiring to get three touches a game? I'm making up a number here, but you get my point. It's like, are you are you satisfied waiting? I mean, it's less than seven, right? I would imagine. It'd have to be. I would imagine based on Booby and Shivers and and who am I leaving out? And DJ. Like that's gonna Tank. that's gonna be, I would think, at least eighty percent of your touches between those three guys. Harold Joyner's gonna get, you know, the weird gadget one or two gadget plays a game. I'm fat and I know we're not going here yet, but I am Oh, but he's two he, away, brother. Oh 
with Chad Morris and, and Gus Malzahn's past, it's like, please do something special and creative with that guy. But I, I digress. Yeah, let us know what you think, guys, about the running back rotation. Uh, you can tweet at us. Um, at Locked on Auburn is the, uh, the Twitter page for the show. Or you can just call me. Yeah, just call us. Call us. It's that simple. 205-502-4285 for the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail. Love to hear your thoughts and response to what we're saying about these running backs today. 205-502-4285. All right. Yeah, so we're all on different we're all on different lanes here about Mark Anthony Richards. Tank Bixby, obviously gonna be a true freshman. You can make the argument that he has the the biggest ceiling, the highest ceiling on the whole team. Pure runner, lots of power, solid speed. His balance is great. His body control is fantastic. But I think the obvious question here is how much is Gus Malzahn going to play a true freshman at running back? He going to redshirt. That's going to make a lot of people mad, but I don't disagree with you. I don't care who it makes mad. He's going to redshirt. I would not be mad if they did it. If he has the potential to create big plays the way Gus Malzahn has said, and he does that, I would like to see him out there in some capacity. Did your interns carpool together? Or they just happen to get here at the same time? <laughs> I think that they've just synced up. I think they're just great interns. Okay. I think they're just fantastic. Gus Malzahn has not trusted a true freshman since Rock Thomas fumbled in the Iron Bowl. That ruined it for everybody. Last year, he was forced to play a true freshman because he did not have another viable option at running back. It's true. So, yeah, that, that, once again, call the show if you have opinions on that. And if you have, if, if what Michael said about redshirting him made you even a little bit mad, please call in and be super dramatic about it. It'll be awesome. All right, let's get to Harold Joyner. He'll be a redshirt sophomore in 2020. Is he a running back? And how much work should a gadget guy get? I think he moves really well. The toughness for him has been questioned. I thought he looked fine when he got opportunities last year. His, his situation is fascinating, like you said, Painter. I have no idea if he wants to do this, but I wouldn't mind if like he became Sal Canella in some form or fashion. Now, if he became Sal Canella, Michael, would you love him more or less or the same as Sal Canella? Ooh, that's a tough. I don't think uh, I don't think I could love a player more than I love Sal. That's so, the correct. Answer. So Sal was Sal and both Shedrick have proven to be valuable blockers, and it's like I don't know if Harold One is particularly good at that because. When he I'm, doesn't like to touch other people. Well, remember? and so that's been the knock on him is like he's people are saying he's not super physical. So it's like is <laughs> is he going to be willing to play a position in which that's pretty important? Yeah, I, I think that role is Shedrick's. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't him. But I mean, like Shedrick and Sal would be on the field at the same time last year. Now there's probably another that's a good point. wide receiver that's more than capable of. But I've, we have seen Malzahn. You want to hear a joke? Yeah. Maybe it's Matthew Hill. I mean, I don't get it. Malzahn don't want to play. I'm, I'm just saying, like I don't know what they do with Joiner. Yeah. That's pro- what I just proposed is almost certainly not it. But I would love to, see, you know, Charles Clay was the comp when he mm. was when he signed. It was like kind of a pass catcher. Yeah. It, it doesn't. They're not using him as an H back. <laughs> so it's like that comp doesn't. They're not really using him as a tight end. I, I don't. Right. This is a long and meandering way of saying I don't know what to do, but running back doesn't does. seem the option because you just read off half a dozen names. Right. If have you guys seen Happy Gilmore? It's been a minute. Okay. So we're, almost, we're, would, we're out of time. So let's, how would how great would it be if Matthew Hill showed up in practice and he blocked somebody and turned around to the other receivers and, and was like, Uh oh, Matthew learned how to block. <laughs> <laughs> 
That'd be awesome. Funnier than I, funnier than I expected. That yeah, that was be. actually pretty good. I'm glad that I'm glad I didn't cut you off there. Last guy I want to talk about, Malik Miller. I don't know how he's still eligible, but here he is. I and, expect um, him to keep he, doing Malik he, Miller he things. He feels a lot like Hunter Renfro, doesn't it? Or sure. It's he's like, Auburn's Hunter Renfro. It's, you know, we like you. You've, you've been a good teammate. Um, <laughs> how are you still here? Right. I, I feel like he was on the team when I was in school. It does feel like he's been celebrating with Auburn since the kick six. Yeah. Well, he was part of Auburn's undefeated 0-4 team, wasn't he? <laughs> That's a bad joke. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, bud? 11 to 1, catch the lunch break on ESPN 106.7, ESPNAU.com, the ESPN 106.7 app. I'm at Paint Sharpless, locked on Ole Miss coming your way. I don't know if anyone listening cares about that, but it's there. Sweet. Michael Pappas? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato, Auburn minus 5 in the under tonight. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The, uh, oh, yeah, we didn't talk basketball. Sorry, we will recap the game tomorrow. I promise. <laughs> I promise. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. There it is. Yeah. Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.